Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening, and welcome back to An Adventure in History. I'm Alana Quiello with Providence Seaside Hospital here tonight. Mac Burns, Executive Director of the Clatsop County Historical Society. And tonight, we have a very... Gregarious. Blazing. <laughs> trailblazing. There are a lot of adjectives we could use for him. Guess. Some are even polite. <laughs> <laughs> Do you recognize that laugh, anyone? I was going to say the laugh should give everything off. For... I feel appreciated. I feel the love. Oh. <laughs> you are the love, though, yes. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you are one of, to me, there, there are many characters that make up a story as fabric of, of who we are as a as a community and Warrington well see I this see this is terrible for hometown people I lump all of Clasp County together <laughs> that's fine <laughs> yeah no that's not terrible because because I approach it from a visitor standpoint nobody's visiting just seaside right nobody's visiting just Gerhardt just Cannon Beach just Astoria just Warrington they're coming to the entire county and if we're going to be technical, you're the visitor in this room. Well, that's true. <laughs> and my grandkids will be visitors. So maybe it's the visitors. community of Warrington here today. <laughs> it kind of is. It kind of is. Although he's worn two hats. He he does. So. He's truly the the whole community. See, exactly. You, you've got it. Yep. But 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 he is one of the true characters. They're just. I mean, we're all individuals. We're all unique, but. Somehow, you're a little more unique. <laughs> Chief Leonard Hansen, folks, retired from City of Astoria, Fire Department, and currently on the volunteer fire department for Warrington. Correct. You just can't stop, can you? Too many years into it, I guess. <laughs> just being lucky to know what you wanted to do at a young age and be able to follow through with so, it. So that, that, that begs the question, and we're, we're getting premature, but that's okay. Can you not stop or do you just see a need and wow, I know how to do this, so I should volunteer and help? Yeah, I think it's I think it's all of that. <laughs> it, it's uh you know, you work your whole uh life to get all these different certifications and it's hard to turn around and just to walk away one day and know that they are all expired. So yeah. uh so with that is that um even presently the chief there in Wharton that uh, Chief Allsbury, he um he feels that he's that I can fill a need as far as uh, not only into filling the position but being able to be active in training uh, and relating the knowledge that I've gained through all these years and and that's uh, satisfying to him and satisfying to me and it's a and a lot of people see it as yeah. a benefit to the community so sure appreciate it and if he showed up at a fire and he wasn't a volunteer firefighter that'd just be weird that would be weird <laughs> I mean so <laughs> Good. We appreciate it. <laughs> we do. It's an honor. There, 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 there are many things about Leonard Hansen that we appreciate. And we're going to get to it. But first. So we just had July 4th. Yes. It was a bang. And it was a bang. And, and I happen to know from a secret spy that you, you your family purchased some, oh, some things oh, to play yeah. with. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it's a small town. Sparklers. And nothing goes, nothing goes yep. unnoticed. Little yeah, girls it, love it, sparklers. It, it was legal. Yes. It, of oh, course good. it was. Good. Good. Sparklers. Yeah. Sparklers. I'm not a big fireworks See, person. See, I, I, when I learned that, I was going to 
come to give you some grief. I wouldn't even. We had a whole discussion. I wouldn't about even this, like that, them. That you and I don't like, don't really like any of that, nope. and yet. <laughs> There, there was there was your family without you buying some. But Mark did. He stopped at that, though. Yes, he's just the sparklers. the sparklers. So And and did the little ones have fun with the sparklers? Of course, yes. All right. Did you have to watch the fireworks as well? Or did uh, they in asleep? our neighborhood, we did. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. Yep. So that was it. That's the extent for now. Which is Excellent. fine. Yeah. All right. I was out and asleep. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> And it's gonna be really loud. In fact, Renee, Renee said, "Did you hear? Like somebody must have oh lit off a stick of dynamite or something about three a.m." I said, "No, I slept oh. right through it." So <laughs> That's I lovely. have nothing. So, as a, as a firefighter, your entire life, how do you feel about fireworks? I'm the Fourth uh, of July Grinch. I love it. See, <laughs> I kind of thought I you know. might be. See, we could have a party together. <laughs> we, could, <laughs> we could protest. Uh, we yeah. could get some signs, and we could go down to the waterfront next July Fourth. Yep. A non-firework 4th of July party. Yes, I had two of my neighbors that come to my house after I got there from the fire department since we had the the uh, the picnic or the, the, yes. the, and the hot fire. dog and the yep. and hamburger then the parade. and then the parade. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so then it's not too far before uh, when dark set in and I had two neighbors come over and wanted me to do something about all the illegal fireworks oh. in the neighborhood. <laughs> and did you? Or did you just slam the door on them? Uh, we, I... I talked to them about going in and calling the non emergency number, and yeah. and I'd followed up by doing the same. Excellent. It's hard so to really, I mean, because once they're lit and they're gone, it's hard to do much until somebody blows a finger off or some or worse, which, which I'm sure worse. you've seen. Well, we had a gentleman last night that oh. lost three fingers. Oh so, no! Oh no! Yeah. So wow. So yeah, it does yeah. happen. And see, then that's is, but I mean, then that's it. I mean, not that that's it. That's a terrible mm. consequence, but. Does, is there a fine with that too for doing the no I mean, no. I mean sure it's still a life lesson yeah, <laughs> Max would, giving me a look right now Alana oh, no I'm trying to I'm trying to fight making inappropriate jokes okay because that's tragic that somebody is, lost of course. disfigured themselves mm-hmm. and, and there was no reason for it right but, beyond personal choices yes yeah so I don't want to make further fun of somebody yeah it just seems inappropriate but there, are, be a better but, way but there are lots of celebrate. lines going through my head. Yeah. It, yeah. So we should change the okay, subject. Okay, we should. Of course, <laughs> of course, most injuries are still with sparklers. Oh, <laughs> no, are they really? Oh, yeah, burn injuries, yeah. Oh, it makes sense. Burn, it seems burn injuries and, and eye injuries, and those are the two oh. most common. See, there we go. They are so. terrifying. I mean, it's fire. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a match. Hold a match, please. And, and very hot because yeah. when the magnesium burns, you know, oh. you're, you're talking about 5,000 degrees, so it, it is very hot. White hot. White hot. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. So uh, the history highlights, these are things that happen tomorrow, uh, yep. July 11th. So you can, uh, as always, um, make sure that if you win any bar bets or trivia contests <laughs> that you cut us in if yep. one of these is the answers. Uh, or these are just conversation starters. July 11th, 1656. The first Quaker colonists land in Boston. Ooh. Didn't go well. English women uh, Anne Austin and Mary Fisher are arrested and jailed by the Puritan colonial government. After five years imprisonment, they are deported back to Barbados. Oh. Religious freedom. Yes. As long as it's ours. And right. Else's. Yes. <laughs> you darn uh, Quakers. We and women, we too. Oh, that's right. Women yes. and Quakers. It's a double whammy. So let's put you in jail for five years. And then ship you to Barbados. 1767, John Quincy Adams is born. Oh, I saw that. That's a good one. I like that. 1804, this one's just for you, Alana. Aaron Burr slays Alexander Hamilton in the duel, because we know you like Hamilton. Hamilton. Did he do it to music? 
Probably. <laughs> and see, I don't know any of the songs, so I can't sing along. <laughs> That's good. Uh, 1914, Babe Ruth makes his major league debut. Oh. He pitches strong seven innings oh. and gets the win. Because he was a pitcher, not just a home run hitter. Amazing. Uh, 1955, Congress authorizes all U.S. currency to say, in God we trust. Mm. There's that kind of, separation that we have. <laughs> yes. And it always makes me laugh because so many people think like, oh, that was from the beginning. But no, 1955. Oh, in, yeah. I, yeah. And I've never really done the research to see if there was huge controversy over that at the time. I'm sure. 50s? Be- because today there would have been. Right. <laughs> there would have been internet and uh, an outrage and all kinds right. of it things. It wouldn't be on the bill. It would not be on the bill. <laughs> uh, 1960, To Kill a Mockingbird is published. Oh, Another good one. Another good one. Um, great book. Great movie. And then I I remembered vaguely, and I had to look it up, in relation to To Kill a Mockingbird, Homer Simpson in an episode of The Simpsons makes a comment on it. Of course. So I, I, I had to print this up. This is what Homer Simpson says about To Kill a Mockingbird. Books are useless. I only ever read one book, To Kill a Mockingbird, and it gave me absolutely no insight on how to kill mockingbirds. Sure, it taught me how not to judge a man by the color of his skin, but what good does that do me? So that made me laugh. (laughs) Oregon connection there, too. (laughs) That's correct in a roundabout way. But our history highlight of the day, thing I think had the most impact, 1798, the U.S. Marine Corps is established by an act of Congress. Okay. Now, we love the Coast Guard. We do. But we do like the, the U.S. Marines as well. Sure. So, yep. biggest impact. That That's a good one. You missed what one miss? other author, 1899, E.B. White. Ooh. Yep, author of Charlotte's Web, uh, Stuart Little, and uh, Trumpet yeah. of the Swan. Uh, and then another one that was just kind of interesting, 1975, archaeologists Ooh. unearthed an army of 8,000 life-size clay figures created more than 2,000 years ago for the emperor... And I will say this wrong. Yes. yes. Qin Xing Huang, the first emperor of the United China. But I, I mean, 8,000 8, like yeah. life-size figures. <laughs> well, you'd like to see them, but aren't you curious as to the Why? story around that? <laughs> well, didn't he believe that that would like frighten off other people? That it I would, don't know. Would keep people at bay? And to, and to last 2,000 years yeah. ago, we are building with the wrong materials, Yes, folks. we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, was, well, didn't, didn't I just one. see something in the news not long ago about one of the, the major roads to Rome is finally deteriorating after oh. like 2,500 years? Oh, man. <laughs> and we can't like fill a pothole here. Right. And the Eiffel Tower, too. That was another one that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, cracking it. So, <laughs> Nobody wants to close it down and repair it either. That's right. Yeah. And of course, we just picked two things that are not fire traps. They're so not, there, right, there's, yeah. no, there's no <laughs> there's easy segue here. <laughs> well, now we've learned about sparklers not happening again in our household. So I know. I was thinking that. We got to oh. have some other good tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but hey, speaking of fires and sparklers, when I first met you 19 years ago, you were the fire chief of Astoria. I came to town. I met you about three weeks after I moved here, and you made a comment about the Flavel House that has haunted me to this day. <laughs> you said, "Mac, if I ever really get a fire alarm at the at the Flavel House, do you remember what you oh, said?" Oh, I do. Yes, <laughs> and I also remember saying at that time we didn't have any fire alarms in it. That's right. And and of course, our goal is still to be able to get it sprinklered someday. But but what did you say? I said it's get it burned to the ground. 
And no. <laughs> oh. No, you left something out there. You said, Mac, if I ever get a real fire alarm here, I'm just bringing hot dogs and marshmallows. Because oh, <laughs> by the time I, by the time we got here, <laughs> this thing's just a chimney. Yes. <laughs> and I thought the fire chief. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's warming to the heart. And then, and then I learned more about you that you have a sense of humor. So I assume you'd yeah. still bring the fire hoses as well. <laughs> <laughs> but you did put your office next door. That's right. Yeah. Well, and he and he did get an alarm, so we we do have some step one. Some yeah, we got step one. We got a little real uh, pre notification in case something does happen. So so for those that do not know, talk about your origin story because you became a firefighter, an official on the roster firefighter at a rare at a fairly young age. Yeah, we. We can probably go back to uh, four years old when oh. the chief said that uh, we're not a babysitting service, but he said, if you can come in and sign into the day book and you can write cursive, not, not that print stuff, he says, then he says, you can, you can come here and stay. And so anyway, when I was four years old, I walked in and I signed it and the chief said it kept his word and looked at me and said, I guess we got a new, new fireman here. Oh. Where was this? This is was at Lewis and Clark. Oh man! Wow. And, and the chief was Elman Peterson. Oh. And and Elman was a uh, very progressive chief at that time. He even had an offer to go to work at the state fire marshal's office. But he's also uh, in Astoria. He was also on the championship basketball team, and huh. was uh, a member of the all state team the year that Astoria had won the championship in the forties. So two follow up questions. Why at age four did you want so desperately to be a firefighter? And then secondly, what does a four-year-old firefighter actually do? <laughs> well, uh, the chief, uh, Elman, he, he, was, he was my mentor. I just idolized that guy. And, 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 uh, and, the, and the four-year-old, he, he didn't do much. He just, he just went along. But, but when the, the four-year-old became eight-year-old, then the guys would go fight the fire, and the four and the eight year old would run the run the pumps on the engine. Oh wow! So wow. they they would they would uh, go ahead and drive it, and then once they got there, then they would leave the pumping alone and and uh, let me go. I re- remember even that uh, on the fire when the career department asked Story would come in and they run over to take care of the pump. And they told him to stay away that the that the kid knows what he's doing, <laughs> not, not not to mess things up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So what was it that, that made you want to be a firefighter? I, I think it was just, you know, you have that person in your life that you uh, mentor, that that uh, that you uh, spends a little time with you. And, and, uh, and it was the same thing with the uh, group of firefighters, that, uh, the volunteers that were there was the same way. And so, I mean, it, you know, they made that impact in my life that that's what I wanted to do. So are you originally from here? Yes. And then did you ever leave and come back? Or have you only, just... Only during college. Okay. And where'd you go to and college? So, uh, <laughs> went to several. So okay. I, yeah. so the, the, the I first, was on the five-year plan too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, 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 first, the first degree come from Chemeketa. Mm-hmm. They had the best fire program yep. at the time in the state. And I was actually uh, hired there at Marion County Fire District 1. Uh, the day after my graduation and um and so the, the chief had called and wanted to interview me and i'd, I'd at at uh, christmas time the previous year before i graduated i I'd, I'd applied for a uh, 
we, we call it now an intern position. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd applied for that. And, uh, and he called to, for an interview and asked if when I could come down, I says, you just named a time. And he says, can you be here tomorrow? And I said, absolutely. And so I was there the first thing in the morning and, and, uh, we talked and next thing he says, okay, he says, when can you come to work? And I said, well, yeah, but school doesn't start until September. And he says, no, he says, I'm hiring you. Uh-huh. And so that was my first kind of career job, even though, uh, summers before I'd worked in Astoria as a summer intern mm-hmm. and I'd pick up when the guys would go on vacation and we picked up and at that time we also run the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And so I'd, I'd be on the ambulance with the, with the uh, fire department with, I just had a first aid card and a young, young kid. And they just, I remember that uh, chief radio said, well, you don't, you don't have to worry about much because I'm scared to death going on my first call and he says you don't have to worry enough he says they don't have time to die on you <laughs> so, so there we were and uh and then of course later on Astoria got out of the transport out of the ambulance business and it was taken over by Dan Sweetland which later became Medics Ambulance with uh, Dave Dixon and and now of course uh Metro yeah so which fire station were you operating out of as a uh, summer intern uh, both both the union town and and the uh upper town or not the upper town but the uh main station mm-hmm. main station is now what Roby's is there on the oh uh, okay you know just on uh, 15th and mm-hmm. between 15th and 16th and um and our union town station was uh was the, the station there is on the same location as where we were then which has been there, I think historically has been there all along. But and not the same building. Not same the same location. building. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, when, when uh, the original building, when I was there, that you could, they still had the horse stalls in it and we still had, had the wood floors on half of it and the other half was, was paved. Wow. <laughs> so speaking of the 1922 fire, um, were you an intern when you were fighting that? Or were you... <laughs> so we, we did actually bring you in. We, we want to keep talking about you and your background as well, but we, I want to make sure we get a little plug in for our, our fire exhibit uh, that is at the Heritage Museum right now. Um, it was a terrible day. Uh, it was about the 1922 fire that happened in December that burned down most of the town. Now, we're not going to ask you for all the specific facts, <laughs> but talk a little bit about why that fire was so devastating. Well, I, I think, you know, before that a lot of people that they don't understand that there was a large fire in October that was the Hammond Mill. And at that time, Astoria was the third largest city in the state. That, and I think that's the the most population that we had during that time, which was right around 15,000. And, and when Hammond Mill burned in October, that I think, you know, I heard and, and some of my <laughs> you were research not there. <laughs> tells me that that was 600 jobs that disappeared, that the that that mm. mill was that big. And for and, those listeners that might be confused, Hammond, not like the town of Hammond, right. but that was the name of the mill. And it was kind of where Mill Pond there further in Astoria, yeah, well, here in Astoria, yeah. it was was it further, there, Mac? Further, or, or, it was further, I think further, it was yeah. in Alderbrook, and yeah, I think I yes, think the mill yes. site, the actual mill site, was uh, kind of where Laplante Park is. Yes, right yes, now, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah and and uh, but it was a large operation, and it uh, he even supplied housing and whatnot for his employees, and and so I mean there was a lot going on there, and and, uh, and then as we talk about uh, different 
nationalities. I mean, he, he'd hired all types of different nationalities, which at the time was not common. Yes. And so it was, it was a big operation. So, so that mill fire occurred, I, I, I think, believe it was like October 2nd or something. And, and it was a huge fire devastating to the community and a lot of people had left. And then, and then of course in December was when the great fire occurred and, and destroyed about 32 blocks of, the, of all the downtown area. And, um, and that was a, a early morning fire. Um, a lot of people always ask, well, you know, what started the fire? And I said, well, I think it's still under investigation by Astoria police. Uh, <laughs> Is your brother so, investigating that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, there was never a direct cause, but however, um, and I never, I never cut the article out, but I remember there was a article in the daily Astorian in the, in the, um, um, in the, um, uh, what do you, what do you, call when the people can write in and oh, letters, letters. Letters. letter to the editors yeah. and, and somebody wrote in and it was like grandpa's secret and um and so it was always believed that the fire started uh uh somewhere between 11th and 12th and uh and one was a mentioned a beehive department store um and this gentleman had worked there and he, he believed it was his his uh cigar uh ash that fell in the excelsior which is packing material mm -hmm. and that's what started the fire and, mm. and and the family wrote this letter revealed that grandpa's secret was is was just that that you know if i thought i burned the entire town down i think i would keep it a secret too yeah yeah and and he, he didn't want the family to say anything until he had passed away and and then the family finally had, had wrote that letter and so i you know i'd say well that's kind of official cause and that that's probably mm -hmm. what what started it hmm. and uh Wow. So there's two. There's at least two firehouses. So we've got a, a, a group of firefighters. So why didn't we get that fire and put it right out? What was the problem? Well, you know, the, several things happened, and um, and of course the city was all built on over the piers, out over the water, and um, and I think it was like in 1916, 1917, 17 they realized the hazard of wood you know, wood deck on wood piling. Mm -hmm. And so they, they would go ahead and, and, um, hard top it. And so when that fire got going, it got underneath that hard top and there was no way for the firefighters to be able to, to, you know, stop that fire. Oh. And so, um, um, I actually seen the original fire report and unfortunately it's underneath the landfill because, um, we had, uh, we had a, a <laughs> I don't know what to say, but we had a, we had a chief. It didn't have mm. an appreciation of history. Oh, and so when yeah. we moved from the old station into the new station, it's now at 30th street back in 1976, that all those records and, and uh, chief radio was real good at keeping records. Very, very good. Almost, uh, he'd almost drive us insane <laughs> because of the records that he would keep, even on every piece of hose that we would use, and when we'd use it, and 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 when we tested it, and hmm. and uh, and so he had boxed all of these historical items up and and made special boxes that was hmm. stored into it. And of course, when we moved, that there was no value to those and and they were oh, gotten goodness. rid of well, and well that begs a good question because we we operate the upper town firefighters museum and there's a collection of of rolling stock there that i've always been fascinated by why did the city save that 
Why why weren't they just decommissioned and sold or taken to the junkyard? Who who thought of saving it and why? Well, luckily during the administration at that time that they did have an appreciation of history. And um, and even as chief, I'd have to fight that a lot at, because during my tenure it was a we we didn't have money, and um, and so they'd even want to sell off a lot of the archives. Uh, you know, for example, um, one of the first ones that they wanted to uh, sell off was the Courier Knives uh, prints that uh, that I later learned that that and this was you know we're talking like twenty five years. 30 years now and they and they were they were uh valued at around thirty thousand dollars and uh and people said well you know you just take a picture of those and you know put them on the wall and 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 a lot of people would say yeah you know that makes sense but people who really understand history knows that no that's not a picture is not the same as the actual artifact i think that's the they did with the declaration of independence they just scanned it and then threw the original away i'm pretty sure <laughs> 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 but they wouldn't tell us that's right <laughs> yeah and that's and that's why i was so well and that's i think that's why too that we looked at um being able to get the building and the and the um the artifacts and the archives all all into the classic county historical society because they appreciated and they had enough knowledge to see that uh astoria's future is actually taking a look at astoria's past and that's astoria's past and and I've always appreciated um, you, Mac, because uh, you know you've you've told the story. Yeah. So so we've only got about three minutes left, and then I could listen to you all day long, Leonard. And I think sometimes I have. <laughs> <laughs> How has firefighting changed from when you began to to now as you're as you're volunteering? What are some some of the major changes you've seen? Well, one of the one of the biggest changes in the fire service and, and the function has been that uh, now medical is has taken up, uh, you know, almost, you know, it used to be when we first started back in about 25 years ago was it increased about 70% of the calls. Well, now it's even going up to 90% of our calls. And so we don't see many of the fires now because of that, you know, our training officers, they have to drill a lot more on, on fires because we don't have the experience oh. and the knowledge of actually fighting fire. And so that's been one change. Um, another change is we're, we're starting to be influenced by technology more. And we used to say that uh, the fire service was the one occupation that had over 100 years of tradition and happened by any prog progress or technology. <laughs> And, uh, and, and we're starting to change that. Hmm. And, and so we're seeing things that, you know, we never knew of old firefighters. They all died young. And matter of fact, in Oregon, that, that it's heart lung disease is considered an occupational hazard. Mm -hmm. And so a jurisdiction or a municipality has to prove to a firefighter that that wasn't job related because it's automatically assumed to be job related. Mm -hmm. And so, so now we have breathing apparatus and, and, and we find out that even with that, that's not enough that, that uh, the cancer rate has went up because we would have all these off burning gases and, and um, uh, carcinogenics that was being absorbed by turnout gear. Mm -hmm. And when I first started, we, we slept next to our turnout gear. <laughs> and so, so now we don't even, we don't, we have a separate room with turnout gear and that's after 
we do a decon on scene to where that we will go ahead and wash with water and a soap solution and then come back and wash the gear and then it's hung out into the room and and like i say it before that was that was just laying by your bed Hmm. wow so um just one final very quick um what keeps you here in clatsop county Oh, this is this is my home. This is yeah. Mayor Van Dusen come up with the term of of an NBA and has nothing to do with basketball, mm-hmm. but we call it native born Astorians. And and so there's not many of us in our class that has graduated and stayed here. But uh, but I can't think of any place else I'd rather live and and be in. So this is this is my hometown, my hometown area, and I can't think of going anyplace else. Well, that's great. And we are sure glad that you have stayed. Thanks for joining well, thank us you. tonight. All right. Go make some history. We will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.